Jesus gives us a radical picture of what life looks like in God's kingdom. He calls us to live in a whole new way. Following Jesus doesn't just change what we believe, it redefines our lives. Church at Cane Bay. My name is uh, is Chris. I'm one of the partners here at Church at Cane Bay. Um, Will uh, was talking earlier about how this is an abnormal service, and he was like, "Well, who can we get to speak that's abnormal?" And that's how I'm stuck uh, stuck talking to you this morning. Um, I promise it will not be 30, 45 minutes like normal. He uh, advised keep it a little bit shorter with everything else going on. So, um, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter seven. Um, if you don't have your Bibles, you can open the Bible app on your phone, uh, go to events, scroll down to Church at Cane Bay, and you'll be able to follow along with us. We've been going through for the last 12 weeks a series called Redefine, going through the, the Sermon on the Mount, quite, excuse me, quite possibly the greatest sermon that Jesus ever preached, um, the greatest sermon probably ever preached, period. Um, and Jesus closes this sermon with a parable that most of us are probably familiar with, uh, a parable about two builders and an impending storm that comes. So that's where we're going to be, Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24. It says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that each of us, we're blessed to, to wake up to a, a brand new day and be here this morning. God, I pray that you will open our, our hearts and minds for what you have for us in the next couple minutes. We thank you and love you. In Jesus' name, amen. What's the, the biggest storm? Living on the Atlantic coast, what's the, the biggest storm that you guys have, have ever, ever experienced, ever been a part of? Um, Hugo, Hugo, that's exactly where I was going. Um, I, 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 was, I was only six years old when Hurricane Hugo hit. This was a pretty stinking big storm. Um, when it hit, uh, hit just north of Charleston, it was, uh, I believe, a Category 4. Um, I saw a, a stat. I was researching a little bit this week. because, like I said, I was six years old. I was, uh, uh, don't, didn't really affect me that much. I was much more enamored and fascinated by what was going on than anything. But I saw one stat that said uh, Berkeley County lost like 70% of its trees were either uprooted or broken um, in this, this huge storm. Um, I can remember waking up that night and, and hearing the, the wind uh, and the, the trees break around the house where we were. Um, we went up to my grandparents north of St. George and 
And driving back the next day um, to where we lived uh, here in the, in the area, I can remember seeing the destruction along I-26, seeing where the tornadoes had, had ripped through some of the trees and all that stuff. And, um, but again, at that time, I was, it was much more of a fascination. It was just in awe and wonder. Um, even as I, I got a little bit older, the, the movie Twister came out, and I was fascinated with the tornadoes. And I wanted to be that storm chaser, that guy that's chasing them around. Um, luckily, that did, that did not happen. Um, but at this point, I have a, a little bit different viewpoint on these storms. If I'm watching the news or the weather channel and I see something out that looks like this out in the ocean churning towards Charleston, my viewpoint's a little bit different at this, at this stage in life. I have three kids to protect. I have a wife to protect. I have a house, a home that I'm now responsible for. Um, and, and that the storm definitely looks a little bit different in light of those circumstances. That's kind of the, the same metaphor that Jesus uses in this parable. We have two builders and they build these houses and a storm comes. There, there's, there's several similarities here. Like I said, we have two builders here We'd assume they're, they're skilled builders. They know how to build a house. They know, um, probably use uh, similar, similar pieces and parts to build a house, etc. They both heard the word of Jesus. They both heard the word of Jesus. Just like you and I in this room, just like you and I hearing the last 12 weeks, hearing this sermon, these guys heard the word of Jesus. Um, verse 24 said, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man. And then the other man in 26, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them. They both heard the word. Both built a house. This, this metaphor of a house would be something that the, the Jewish culture was very familiar with. Um, and they would get the point that Jesus was making here. See, in, in Jewish culture, houses, homes were not commodities or investments much like they are today. That was where life was done. That was where life was lived. They obviously ate, slept, etc. cetera there. Um, they also entertained there. Work was often done out of the house as well. That was the central location of Jewish life was your house, your home. So they would, the Jewish audience would understand what Jesus was talking about here. Both builders experienced the storm. Both builders experienced this, this impending storm. Now, we can take it from the idea of how we all have storms in life. We have trials, we have hard times and everything that, that we experience. And Jesus was very clear in the Bible that following Jesus does not exempt you from those storms. Those storms will come. But I, I think a little bit in this parable, Jesus is talking a little bit more about a grander storm, about the impending judgment that each and every one of us will see at the end of our lives. We will all face judgment upon our death. That is a pending storm that is, is huge here, but there's differences in this parable as well. It's not just the, the similarities. Obviously, the biggest difference is the outcome. There's a different outcome for each of these builders, for each of these houses. One stands and the other is described as a great fall, a great crash. The biggest difference we already kind of mentioned, one builder hears the word and does, he acts on it, while the other builder does not. The Greek here, and by no means am I any kind of Greek scholar, but the, the Greek term here is poieo. 
That's the, the builder who hears and he poyeos, he acts upon what he hears. He does, he implements, he hears the word of God and it doesn't go in one ear and out the other. He hears the word of God, he responds to it and he acts on it. Interestingly enough, while I was, I was looking at the, the Greek terminology there, the, the foolish man, that Greek term for foolish is, I believe, pronounced moros, very similar to our English term moron. Did this guy, the, the foolish man, the, the moros, did he purposefully build his house on a poor foundation? I don't think so. I don't think so. But like a fool, he, he was given the answers to the test. He heard the words of Jesus, yet he ignored, or worse yet, he thought he knew a better foundation. He thought he knew a better foundation to build it on. See, the foundation that our lives are built on makes all the difference. The foundation our lives are built on makes all the difference. There's one more similarity I want to point out as we close. I told you it would be short. See, I think both of these houses looked very similar. I think both of these houses, from the outside, from, from the, the common, common view, both of these houses probably looked very similar. Probably couldn't tell much difference between them. I think that's typically how us as hearers of the word, I think that's kind of how we operate as well. I think oftentimes we're really good at putting that facade up to where people can't really tell the difference. Is he a Christian? Is he not a Christian? The works, the house itself, the building looks good. It looks like that's a strong Christian life. It looks like that we've got it under, under control. We've got everything lined up. We're living a, a solid Christian life. But deep down underneath, that foundation isn't solid. It isn't solid. As the, the band guys come back up, what do we... What do we normally, obviously we, we said we want to build our life, we want to build our house on that foundation of Jesus. But I think oftentimes in today's culture, we get trapped by building our life on our own success. We get trapped building our life on our own image, how we look to people around us. Maybe it's our job. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's our children or our children's success. Oftentimes we get trapped in this idea of building our life on something else other than the word of God. I think Jesus was very intentional by closing out this sermon this way. We've heard how we should be lights. We should be the kingdom of God to a dark, dark world around us. We've heard how different that should look how we shouldn't necessarily fit in among everybody else, how that house should not look the same as the other houses. I think Jesus closed this sermon very specifically in that light because these guys had heard the word of God and it was on them how they acted upon it. Would they poyeo like the wise man or were they gonna be like the moros and let it go in one ear and out the other and not do anything with it. That's the ball that's in our court. 
That's the ball that's in our court this morning. Maybe you say, Chris, like, I've, I've struggled with this. There's times in my life where I've followed God and I've built my house on that. And there's other times where I haven't. You can change that starting this morning. You can change that right now. You can go home today, be intentional, and be in the Word constantly. Saturate your life with the Bible, with the words of Jesus. You can make that change starting today. It doesn't have to be something in the future. It doesn't have to be something where you say, Chris, one day I promise I'm going to change. I'm going to do this. It can start right now. Right now. What is your life built on? What are you choosing to build your life on? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, God, for sending your son for a wretched sinner like me. God, you were very clear that none of us deserve your salvation. We're not naturally good people. God, we need you. We need you as our foundation because God, without it, our house will not stand. God, without you as our foundation, our house will be just like the foolish man and will be a great fall. God, help us to be intentional throughout our daily lives every single day, not some of the time, not part of the time, but God, make sure that we are following you, that we are in your word and that our, that our lives are built on nothing else. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending your son. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name.